Parashah 25, Leviticus 6, Adonai said to Moses, Give this order to Aaron and his sons. This is the law for the burnt offering. It is what goes up on its firewood upon the altar all night long until morning. In this way, the fire of the altar will keep burning. When the fires consume the burnt offering on the altar, the Kohen, having put on his linen garment and covered himself with his linen shorts, is to remove the ashes and put them aside beside the altar. Then he's to remove those garments and put on others before carrying the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. In this way, the fire on the altar will be kept burning and not be allowed to go out. Each morning, the Kohen is to kindle wood on it, arrange the burnt offering, and make the fat of the peace offerings go up in smoke. Fire is to be kept burning on the altar continually. It is not to go out. This is the law for the grain offering. The sons of Aaron are to offer it before Adonai in front of the altar. He's to take from the grain offering a handful of its fine flour, some of its olive oil, and all of the frankincense, which is on the grain offering. And he is to make this reminder portion of it Go up and smoke on the altar as a fragrant aroma for Adonai. The rest of it Aaron and his sons are to eat. It is to be eaten without leaven in the holy place. They are to eat it in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. It is to be baked with leaven. It is not to be baked with leaven. I have given it as their portion of my offerings made by fire. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is especially holy. Every male descendant of Aaron may eat from it. It is his share of the offerings for Adonai made by fire forever through all your generations. Whatever touches those offerings will become holy. Adonai said to Moses, this is the offering for Adonai that Aaron and his sons had offer on the day he is anointed. Two quarts of fine flour, half of it in the morning and half in the evening, as a grain offering from then on. It is to be well mixed with olive oil and fried on a griddle. Then bring it in, break it in pieces, and offer the grain offering as a fragrant aroma for Adonai. The anointed corn who will take Aaron's place from among his descendants, will offer it. It is a perpetual obligation. It must be entirely made to go up and smoke for Adonai. Every grain offering of the Kohen is to be entirely made to go up and smoke. It is not to be eaten. Adonai said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is the law for the sin offering. The sin offering is to be slaughtered before Adonai in the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. It is 
especially holy. The Kohen who offers it for sin is to eat it. It is to be eaten in a holy place in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. Whatever touches its flesh will become holy. If any of its blood splashes on any item of clothing, you are to wash it in a holy place. The clay pot in which it is cooked must be broken. It is cooked in the bronze pot. If it is cooked in the bronze pot, it must be scoured and rinsed in water. Any male from a family of Cohen may eat the sin offering. It is especially holy. But no sin offering which has had any of its blood brought into the tent of meeting to make atonement to the holy place is to be eaten. It is to be burned up completely. This is the law for the guilt offering. It is especially holy. They are to slaughter the guilt offering in the place where they slaughter the burnt offering and his blood is to be splashed against all sides of the altar. He is to offer all its fat, the fat tail, the fat covering the inner organs, the two kidneys, the fat on them near the flanks, and the covering of the liver, which he will remove with the kidneys. The Cohen will make them go up and smoke on the altar as an offering made by fire to Adonai. It is a guilt offering. Every male from a family of Cohen may eat it. It is to be eaten in a holy place. It is especially holy. The guilt offering is like the sin offering. The same law governs them. It will belong to the Cohen who uses it to make atonement. The Cohen who offers someone's burnt offering will possess the hide of the burnt offering which he has offered. Every grain offering baked in the oven, cooked in a pot, or fried on a griddle will belong to the Kohen who offers it. But every grain offering which is mixed with olive oil or is dry will belong to all the sons of Aaron equally. This is the law for sacrificing peace offerings offered to Adonai. If a person offers it for giving thanks, He is to offer it with the thanksgiving sacrifice of unleavened cakes mixed with olive oil, matzah spread with olive oil, and cakes made of fine flour mixed with olive oil and fried. With cakes of leavened bread, he is to present his offering together with the sacrifice of his peace offerings for giving thanks. For each kind of offering, he is to present one as a gift for Adonai. It will belong to the Kohen who splashes the blood of the peace offerings against the altar. The meat of the sacrifice of this, his peace offerings for giving thanks is to be eaten on the day of his offerings. He is not to leave any of it until morning. But if the sacrifice connected with his offering is for a vow or is a voluntary offering, then while it is to be eaten on the day he offers his sacrifice, what remains of it may be eaten the next day. However, 
what remains of the meat of the sacrifice on the third day is to be burned up completely. If any of the meat of the sacrifice of the peace offerings is eaten on the third day, the sacrifice will neither be accepted or nor credited to the person offering it. Rather, it will have become a disgusting thing, and whoever eats it will bear the consequences of his wrongdoing. Meat which touches something unclean is not to be eaten up, but burned up completely. As for the meat, anyone who is clean may eat it, but a person in a state of uncleanness who eats any meat from the sacrifice of peace offerings made to Adonai will be cut off from his people. Anyone who touches anything unclean, whether the uncleanness be from a person, from an unclean animal, or from some other unclean detestable thing, then and then eats the meat from the sacrifice of peace offerings for Adonai, that person will be cut off from his people. Adonai said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You are not to eat the fat of bulls, sheep, or goats, the fat of animals that die of themselves or are killed by wild animals may be used for any other purpose, but under no circumstances are you to eat it. For whoever eats the fat of animals of the kind used in presenting an offering made by fire to Adonai will be cut off from his people. You are not to eat any kind of blood, whether from birds or animals in any form of your homes. <clears throat> whoever eats any blood will be cut off from his people. Adonai said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, A person who offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to Adonai is to bring part of his sacrifice of peace offerings as his offering for Adonai. He is to bring with his own hands the offerings for Adonai made by fire. He is to bring the breast with its fat. The breast is to be waved as a wave offering before Adonai. The Kohen is to make the fat go up in smoke on the altar, but the breast will belong to Aaron and his descendants. You are to give the right thigh from your sacrifices of peace offerings to the Kohen as a contribution. The descendants of Aaron who offers the blood of the peace offerings is to have the right thigh as his share. For the breast that has been waved and the thigh that has been contributed, I have taken from the people of Israel out of their sacrifices of peace offerings and given them to Aaron and the Kohen and to his descendants as their share forever from the people of Israel. On the day when Aaron and his sons were presented to serve Adonai in the office of Cohen, this portion was set aside for him and his descendants from the offerings for Adonai made by fire. On the day they were anointed, Adonai ordered that this be given to them by the people of Israel. It is their share forever through all their generations. 
This is the law for the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, the consecration offering, and the sacrifice of peace offerings, which Adonai ordered Moses on Mount Sinai on the day he ordered the people of Israel to present their offerings to Adonai in the Sinai desert. Adonai said to Moses, Take Aaron and his sons with him, the garments, the anointing oil, the bull for the sin offering, the two rams, and the basket of matzah, and assemble the entire community at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Moses did as Adonai ordered him, and the community was assembled at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Moses said to the community, This is what Adonai has ordered to be done. Moses brought Aaron and his sons, washed them with water, put the tunic on him, wrapped the sash around him, clothed him with the robe, put the ritual vest on him, wrapped around him the decorated belt, and fastened the vest to him with it. He put the breastplate on him, and into the breastplate he put the urim in the turm. He set the turban on his head, and on the front of the turban he affixed the gold plate, a holy ornament, as Adonai had ordered Moses. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and everything in it, thus consecrating them. He sprinkled some of the altar seven times, anointing the altar with all its utensils and the basin with its base to consecrate them. He poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Moses brought Aaron's sons, clothed them with tunics, wrapped sashes on them, and put headgear on them, as Adonai had ordered Moses. Then the young bull for the sin offering was brought, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull for the sin offering. After it had been slaughtered, Moses took the blood and put it on the horns of the altar with the, with, all the way around with his finger, thus purifying the altar. The remaining blood he poured out at the base of the altar and consecrated it to make atonement for it. Moses took all the fat on the inner organs, the covering of the liver, the two kidneys, and their fat, and made it go up in smoke on the altar. But the bull, its hide, its flesh, and its dung were taken outside the camp and burnt up completely, just as Adonai had ordered Moses. Next, the ram for the burnt offering was presented. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram, and after it had been slaughtered, Moses splashed the blood on all sides of the altar. When the ram had been cut in pieces, Moses made the head, the pieces, and the fat go up in smoke. When the inner organs and the lower parts of the legs had been washed with water, Moses made the entire ram go up in smoke on the altar. It was a burnt offering giving a fragrant aroma, an offering made by fire to Adonai as Adonai had ordered Moses. Then the other ram was presented, 
the ram of consecration. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. After it had been slaughtered, Moses took some of its blood, put it on the tip of Aaron's right ear, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Then Aaron's sons were brought, and Moses put some of the blood on the tips of their right ears, on their thumbs, and on their right hands, and on the big toes of their right feet. Then Moses splashed the blood on all sides of the altar. He took the fat, the fat tail, all the fat coverings, the inner organs, the coverings of the liver, the two kidneys with their fat, and the right thigh. From the basket of matzah that was before Adonai, he took one piece of matzah, one cake of oiled bread, and one wafer, and placed them on the fat and on the right thigh. Then he put it all in Aaron's hands and in the hands of his sons and waved them as a wave offering before Adonai. Moses took them out of their hands and made them go up and smoke on the altar on top of the burnt offerings. They were the cons- they were a consecration offered, offering, giving a fragrant aroma an offering made by fire to Adonai. Moses took the breast and waved it as a wave offering before Adonai. It was Moses' portion of the ram of consecration as Adonai had ordered Moses. Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood which was on the altar and sprinkled it on Aaron and his clothing and on his sons with him and their clothing and consecrated Aaron and his clothing together with his sons and their clothing. Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Boil the meat at the door of the tent of meeting, and the meat and eat it there with the bread that is in the basket of consecration, as I ordered when I said that Aaron and his sons are to eat it. Whatever is left over of the meat and bread, you are to burn up completely. You are not to go out from the entrance to the tent of meeting for seven days until the days of your consecration are over. Since Adonai will be consecrating you for seven days, the order done what has been done today in order to make atonement for you. You are to remain at the entrance of the tent of meeting day and night for seven days, thereby obeying what Adonai ordered done, so that you may not die, for this is what I was ordered. Aaron and his sons did all the things which Adonai ordered through Moses.
Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to Adonai, as it was in the days of old, as in years gone by. Then I will approach you for judgment, and I will be quick to witness against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who take advantage of wage earners, widows, and orphans, against those who rob the foreigner of his rights and don't fear me, says Adonai Zavahut. But because I, Adonai, do not change, you sons of Jacob will not be destroyed. Since the days of your forefathers, you have turned from my laws and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says Adonai Tazavo. But you ask, in respect to what are we supposed to return? Can a person rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how have we robbed you? Intense and voluntary contribution. A curse is on you and your whole nation because you robbed me. Bring the whole tenth into the storehouse so that there will be food in my house and put me to the test, says Adonai Zabahut. See if I won't open for you the floodgates of heaven and pour out for you a blessing far beyond your needs. For your sakes I will forbid the devourer to destroy the yield from your soil. And your vine will not lose its fruit before harvest time, says Adonai Zavahot. All nations will call you happy, for you will be a land of delights, says Adonai Zavahot. You have spoken strongly against me, says Adonai. Yet you say, how have we spoken against you? By saying there is no point in serving God. What good is it to obey his orders or to walk about as mourners before Adonai Tazavo? We consider the arrogant happy, also evildoers prosper. They put God to the test, nevertheless they escape. Then those who feared Adonai spoke together, and Adonai listened and heard. A record book was written in his presence for those who feared Adonai and had respect for his name. They will be mine, says Adonai Tazavo, on the day when I compose my own special treasure. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then once again, you will see the difference between the righteous and the wicked. Between the person who serves God and the one who doesn't serve him. For the day is coming, burning like a furnace, when all the proud and evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming will set them ablaze says Adonai Tazavo, and leave them neither root nor branch. But you who fear my name, 
the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings and you will break out leaping like calves released from the stall. You will trample the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day when I take action, says Adonai Tazavol. Remember the Torah of Moses, my servant, which I enjoyed, enjoined on him at Horek. Laws and rulings for all Israel. Look, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of Adonai. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with complete destruction. We have an altar from which those who serve in the tent are not permitted to eat. For the Kohen brings the blood of animals into the holiest place as a sin offering. But their bodies are burned outside the camp. So too, Yeshua suffered death outside the gate in order to make the people holy through his own blood. Therefore, let us go out to him who is outside the camp and share his disgrace. But we have no permanent city here. On the contrary, we seek the one to come. Through him, therefore, let us offer God a sacrifice of praise continually, for this is the natural product of lips that acknowledge his name. Don't forget doing good and sharing with others, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. First of all, then, I counsel that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all human beings, including kings and all in possessions of prominence, so that we may lead quiet and peaceful lives, being godly and upright in everything. This is what God, our Deliverer, regards as good. This is what meets His approval. He wants all humanity to be delivered and to come to full knowledge of the truth. For God is one, and there is but one mediator between God and humanity, Yeshua the Messiah, himself human, who gave himself as a ransom on behalf of all, thus providing testimony to God's purpose at just the right time. 
This is why I myself was appointed a proclaimer, even an emissary. I am telling the truth, not lying. A trustworthy and truthful teacher of the going. Therefore, it is my wish that when the men pray, no matter where, they should lift up hands that are holy. They should not become angry or get into arguments. Likewise, the women, when they pray, they should be dressed modestly and sensibly in respectable attire, not with elaborate hairstyles and gold jewelry or pearls or expensive clothes. Rather, they should adorn themselves with what is appropriate for women who claim to be worshiping God namely good deeds let a woman learn in peace fully submitted but i do not permit a woman to teach a man or exercise authority over him rather she is to remain at peace but adam was formed first then eve also it was not adam who was deceived but the woman who on being deceived became Exodus twelve six. You are to keep it until the fourteenth day of the month. And then the entire assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter it at dusk. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the two sides of the top of the doorframe at the entrance of the house in which they eat it. That night, they are to eat the meat roasted in the fire. They are to eat it with matzah and mar. Don't eat it raw or boiled, but roasted in the fire with its head and lower parts of its legs and its inner organs. Let nothing of it remain till morning. If any of it does remain, burn it up completely. Here is how you are to eat it. With your belt fastened, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand and you are to eat it hurriedly. It is Adonai's Passover, but that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and kill all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and animals, and I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt. I am Adonai. The blood will serve you as a sign marking the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over. When I strike the land of Egypt, the death blow will not strike you. Matthew 26, 1 through 27, 61, page 12, 57. 27. Sixty-one. Oh, 
When Yeshua had finished speaking, he said to his Talmudin, As you know, Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be nailed to the execution stake. Then the Then the head Cohen and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of Kephiah, the Cohen Haggadah. They made plans to arrest Yeshua surreptitiously and have him put to death. But they said, not during the festival, or the people were riot. Yeshua was in Bait Anya at the home of Simon the man who had had leprosy. A woman who had an alabaster jar filled with very expensive perfume approached Yeshua while he was eating and began pouring it on his head. When the Talmudans saw it, they became very angry. Why this vase? they asked. This could have been sold for a lot of money and given to the poor. But Yeshua, aware of what was going on, said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing for me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. She poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. Yes, I tell you that Throughout the whole world, wherever this good news is proclaimed, what she has done will be told in her memory. Then one of the twelve, the one called Jewish, Judah from Iscariot, went to the head Cohen and said, What are you willing to give me if I turn Yeshua over to you? They counted out thirty silver coins and gave them Judas. From then on, he looked for a good opportunity to betray him. On the first day of Matzah, the Talmudin came to Yeshua and asked, Where do you want us to prepare your cedar? Go into the city to so-and-so, he replied, and tell him the rabbi says, my time is near. My Talmudan and I are celebrating Pesach at your house. The Talmud did as Yeshua directed and prepared the Seder. When evening came, Yeshua reclined with the twelve disciples. And as they were eating, he said, Yes, I tell you that one of you is going to betray me. They became terribly upset and began asking him, one after the other, Lord, you don't mean me, do you? He answered, The one who dips his matzah in the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man will die just as the Tanakh says he will. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him 
had he never been born. Judas, the one who was betraying him, then asked, Surely, Rabbi, you don't mean me. He answered, The words are yours. While they were eating, Yeshua took a piece of matzah, made the blessing, broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Also he took a cup of wine, made the blessing and gave it to them, saying, All of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which ratifies the new covenant. My blood shed on behalf of many, so that they may have their sins forgiven. I tell you, I will not drink this fruit of the vine again until the day I drink new wine with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing the psalm, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Yeshua then said to them, Tonight you will all lose faith in me, as the Tanakh says. I will strike the shepherd dead, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you into the Galilee. I will never lose faith in you. Peter answered, Even if everyone else does, Yeshua said to him, Yes, I tell you that tonight, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Even if I must die with you, Peter replied, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Then Yeshua went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and Zebedee, two sons, Zebedee's two sons. Grief and anguish came over him, and he said to them, My heart is so filled with sadness that I could die. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going on a little further, he fell on his face praying, Oh, my father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not, yet not what I want, but what you want. He returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Were you so weak that you couldn't stay awake with me for even an hour? Stay awake and pray that you will not be put to the test. The spirit indeed is eager, but human nature is weak. A second time he went off and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink it, let what you want be done. Again he returned and found them sleeping. Their eyes were so heavy. Leaving them again, he went off and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said, For now, go on sleeping, 
take your rest. Look, the time has come for the Son of Man to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. While Yeshua was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a large crowd carrying swords and clubs from the head Cohen and elders of the people. The betrayer had arranged to give them a signal. The man I kiss is the one you want. Grab him. He went straight up to Yeshua, said, Shalom, Rabbi, and kissed him. Yeshua said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they knew, moved forward, laid hold of Yeshua, and arrested him. At that, one of the men with Yeshua reached for his sword, drew it out, of, out and struck at the servant of the Kohen Haggadah, cutting off his ear. Yeshua said to him, Put your sword back where it belongs, for everyone who uses the sword will die by the sword. Don't you know that I can ask my father and he will instantly provide more than a dozen armies of angels to help me? But if I did that, how could the passages of the Tanakh be fulfilled that say this has to happen this way? Then Yeshua addressed the crowd. So you came out to take me with swords and clubs, the way you would the leader of a rebellion. Every day I sat in the temple court teaching, and you didn't seize me then. But all this has happened so that what the prophets wrote may be fulfilled. Then the disciples all deserted him and ran away. Those who had seized Yeshua led him off to Caiaphas, the Kohen Haggadah, where the Torah teachers and elders were assembled. Peter followed him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the Kohen Haggadah. Then he went inside and sat down with the guards to see what the outcome would be. The head Kohen and the whole Sanhedrin looked for some false evidence against Yeshua so that they might put him to death. But they didn't find any, even though many liars came forward to give testimony. At last, however, two people came forward and said, This man said, I can tear down God's temple and build it again in three days. The Kohen Haggadah stood up and said, Have you nothing to say to the accusation these men are making? Yeshua remained silent. The Kohen Haggadah said to him, Put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Yeshua said to him, The words are your own, but I tell you that one day you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Most High and coming on the clouds of heaven. At this, the Kohen Haggadah tore his robes. Blasphemy, he said. Why do we still need witnesses? You heard him blaspheme.
What is your verdict? Guilty, they answered. He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and pounded him with their fists. And those who were beating him said, Now you, Messiah, prophesy to us. Who hit you that time? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard when a servant girl came up to him. You too were with Yeshua from Galilee, she said, but he denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. He went out onto the porch and another girl saw him and said to the people there, This man was with Yeshua of Nazareth. Again, he denied it, swearing, I don't know the man. After a little while, the bystanders approached Peter and said, You must be one of them. Your accent gives you away. This time he began to invoke a curse on himself as he swore, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. Peter remembered then what Yeshua had said. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and cried bitterly. Early in the morning, all the head Cohen and elders met to plan how to bring about Yeshua's death. Then they put him in chains, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Yeshua had been condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty silver coins to the head Cohen and elders, saying, I sinned in betraying an innocent man to death. What is that to us, they answered. That's your problem. Hurling the pieces of silver into the sanctuary, he left. Then he went off and hanged himself. The head Cohen took the silver coins and said, It is prohibited to put this into the temple treasury because it is blood money. So they decided to use it to buy the potter's field as a cemetery for foreigners. This is how it came to be called the Field of Blood, a name it still bears. Then what Zechariah the prophet spoke was fulfilled, and they took the thirty silver coins, which was the price the people of Israel had agreed to pay for him, and used them to buy the potter's field, just as the Lord directed me. Meanwhile, Yeshua was brought before the governor, and the governor put this question to him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, the words are yours. But when he was accused by the head Cohen and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, don't you hear all these charges they are making against you? But to the governor's great amazement, he did not say a single word in reply to the accusations. It was the governor's custom during a festival to set free one prisoner. 
whomever the crowd asked for. There was at that time a notorious prisoner being held, named Yeshua Barabbas. So when a crowd had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to set free for you, Barabbas or Yeshua, called the Messiah? For he understood that it was out of jealousy that they had handed him over. While he was sitting in his court, his wife sent him a message. Leave that innocent man alone. Today in a dream, I suffered terribly because of him. But the head Cohen persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas' release and to have Yeshua executed on the stake. Which of the two do you want me to set free for you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. Pilate said to them, Then what should I do as Yeshua called the Messiah? They all said, Put him to death on the stake. Put him to death on the stake. When he asked, Why? What crime has he committed? They shouted all the louder, Put him to death on the stake. When Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water, washed his hands in front of the crowd, and said, My hands are clean of this man's blood. It's your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released them to them, Barabbas. But Yeshua, after having him whipped, he handed over to be executed on a stake. The governor's soldiers took Yeshua into the headquarters building, and the whole battalion gathered around him. They stripped off his clothes and put on him a scarlet robe, wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and put a stick in his right hand. Then they kneeled down in front of him and made fun of him. Hail to the king of the Jews. They spit on him and used the stick to beat him about the head. Then they had finished, when they had finished ridiculing him, they took off the robe, put his own clothes back on him, and led him away to be nailed to the execution stake. As they were leaving, they met a man from Serene named Simon, and they forced him to carry Yeshua's execution stake. When they arrived at a place called Calgary, which means place of a skull, they gave him wine mixed with bitter gall to drink, but after tasting it, he would not drink it. After they had nailed him to the stake, they divided his clothes among them by throwing dice. Then they sat down to keep watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written notice stating the charge against him. This is Yeshua, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were placed on execution stakes with him, one on the right and one on the left. People passing by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you can destroy the temple, can you, and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself, if you are the Son of God, and come down from that stake. 
Likewise, the head Cohen jeered at him, along with the Torah teachers and elders. He saved others, but he can't save himself. So he's king of Israel, is he? Let him come down now from the stake, then we'll believe him. He trusted God, so let him rescue him if he wants him. After all, he did say, I'm the son of God. Even the robbers nailed up with him, insulted him in the same way. From noon until three o'clock in the afternoon, all the land was covered with a darkness. At about three, Yeshua uttered a loud cry. My God, my God, why have you deserted me? On hearing this, some of the bystanders said, He's calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, soaked it in vinegar, put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink. The rest said, wait, let's see if Elijah comes and rescues him. But Yeshua again, crying out in a loud voice, yielded up his spirit. moment the parakeet in the temple was ripped in two from top to bottom and there was an earthquake with rocks splitting apart also the graves were opened and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life and after Yeshua rose they came out of the graves and went into the holy city where many people saw them. When the Roman officer and those with him who were keeping watch over Yeshua saw the earthquake and what was happening, they were awestruck and said, he really was the son of God. There were many women there looking on from a distance. They had followed Yeshua from the Galilee, helping him. Among them were Miriam from Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jacob and Joseph, and the mother of Zebediah's sons. Towards evening, there came a wealthy man from Ramadan called Joseph, who was himself a Talmudin of Yeshua. He approached Pilate and asked for Yeshua's body, and Pilate ordered it to be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen sheet, and laid it in its own tomb, which he had recently had cut out of the rock. After rolling a large stone in front of the entrance of the tomb, he went away. Miriam and Magdalena and the other Miriam stayed there, sitting opposite the grave. It was now two days before Passover, that is, the festival of Matzah. 
and the head Cohen and the Torah teachers were trying to find some way to arrest Yeshua and have him put to death. But they said, not during the festival, or the people will riot. While he was at Bayanya in the house of Simon, the man who had had leprosy, and as he was eating, a woman came with an alabaster jar of perfume, pure oil and nard, very costly. She broke the jar and poured the perfume over Yeshua's head. But some there angrily said to themselves, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for a year's wages and given to the poor. And they scolded her, but he said, Let her be. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing for me, for you will always have the poor with you, and whenever you want to, you can help them. But you will not always have me. What she could do, she did do. In advance, she poured perfume on my body to prepare it for burial. Yes, I tell you that whatever in the whole world this good news is proclaimed, wherever, wherever in the whole world this good news is proclaimed, what she has done will be told in her memory. Then Judas from Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the head Cohen in order to betray Yeshua to them. They were pleased to hear this and promised to give him money. And he began began looking for a good opportunity to betray Yeshua. On the first day of Matzah, when they slaughtered the lamb for the Pesach, Yeshua's Talmudin asked him, where do you want to go and prepare the cedar? He sent two of his Talmudin with these instructions. Go to the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him and whichever house he enters, tell the owner that the rabbi says, where is the guest room for me? where I am to eat the Pesach meal with my Talmudin. He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make the preparations there. The Talmudin went off, came to the city and found things just as he had told them they would, and prepared the Seder. When evening came, Yeshua arrived with the twelve. As they were reclining and eating, Yeshua said, Yes, I tell you that one of you is going to betray me. They became upset and began asking him one after the other, You don't mean me, do you? It's one of the twelve, he said to them, someone dipping matzah in the dish with me. For the Son of Man will die, just as the Tanakh says he will. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him had he never been born. And while they were eating, Yeshua took a piece of matzah, made the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take it, this is my body. Also he took a cup of wine. 
made the blessing and gave it to them, and they all drank. He said to them, This is my blood which ratifies the new covenant, my blood shed on behalf of many people. Yes, I tell you, I will not drink this fruit of the vine again until the day I drink new wine in the kingdom of God. After singing the psalm, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Yeshua said to them, You'll all lose faith in me. For the Tanakh says, I will strike the shepherd dead and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you into the Galilee. Peter said to him, Even if everyone else loses faith in you, I won't. Yeshua replied, Yes, I tell you that this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. But Peter kept insisting, Even if I must die with you, I will never disown you. And they all said the same thing. They went to a place called Gats. And Yeshua said to the Talmudin, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter, Jacob, and Jonathan. Great distress and anguish came over him, and he said to them, My heart is so filled with sadness that I could die. Remain here and stay awake. Going on a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him. Abba! Abba, that is, dear Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Still, not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you stay awake one hour? Stay awake and pray that you will not be put to the test. The spirit indeed is eager, but human nature is weak. Again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping. Their eyes were so very, very heavy, and they didn't know what to answer him. The third time he came and said to them, For now, go on sleeping, take your rest. There, that's enough. The time has come. Look, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. Here comes the betrayer. While Yeshua was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a crowd carrying swords and clubs from the head Cohen to the Torah teachers and the elders. The betrayer had arranged to give them a signal. The man I kiss is the one you want. Grab him and take him away under guard. As he arrived, he went right up to Yeshua and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hold of Yeshua and arrested him. But one of the people standing nearby drew his sword and struck at the servant of the Kohen Haggadol, cutting off his ear. Yeshua addressed them. So you come out 
and take me with swords and clubs the way you would the leader of a rebellion. Every day I was with you in temple court teaching and you didn't seize me then. But let the Tanakh be fulfilled and they all deserted him and ran away. There was one young man who did try to follow him, but he was wearing only a nightshirt. And when they tried to seize him, he slipped out of the nightshirt and ran away naked. They led Yeshua to the Kohen Haggadah, with whom all the head Kohen elders and Torah teachers were assembling. Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the Kohen Haggadah, where he sat down with the guards and warmed himself by the fire. The head Kohen and the whole Sanhedrin tried to find evidence against Yeshua so that they might have him put to death, but they couldn't find any. For many people gave false evidence against him, but their testimonies didn't agree. Some stood up and gave this false testimony. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and in three days I will build another one not made with hands. Even so, their testimonies didn't agree. The Kohen Haggadah stood up in front and asked Yeshua, Have you nothing to say to the accusations these men are making? But he remained silent and made no reply. Again, the Kohen Haggadah questioned him, Are you the Messiah? I am, answered Yeshua. Moreover, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Great One and coming on the clouds of heaven. At this, the Kohen Haggadah tore his clothes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You heard him blaspheme. What is your decision? And they all declared him guilty and subject to the death penalty. Then some began spitting at him, and after blindfolding him, they started pounding him with their fists and saying to him, Let's see you prophesy. And as the guards took him, they beat him too. Meanwhile, Peter was still in the courtyard below. One of the serving girls of the Cohen Haggadah saw Peter warming himself, took a look at him and said, You were with the man from Nazareth, Yeshua. But he denied it, saying, I haven't the faintest idea what you're talking about. He went outside into the entryway and a rooster crowed. The girl saw him there and started telling the bystanders, This fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. A little later, the bystanders themselves said to Peter, you must be one of them, because you're from the Galilee. At this he began to invoke a curse on himself as he swore. I do not know this man you're telling me about. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. Then Peter remembered what Yeshua had said to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. 
and throwing himself down, he burst into tears. Thank you very much for allowing us to share this Passover story with you. Please note that we read out of the book of Mark and then we started to read and almost finished uh, the other book as well, the book of Matthew prior to that. We started with the book of Matthew and went on to the book of Mark. Let me say that Yes, also the book of Luke will have a rendition of what happened that time. And they're all pretty much identical, varying just a little here and there. We're so thankful to come to you during this Passover time. And yes, it is the solemn assembly for us because Yeshua was sacrificed nailed to the cross and it is a solemn time we will continue our passover reading thank you Father God, this is my prayer to you. I thank you for reminding me of uh, how I was when I first started to study your word. I used to read and read and read, and then sometimes I would get confused. I didn't understand why it was the same thing over and over again. Then I realized it was an accounting of the different apostles. So yes, we have an accounting of the of a incident from Matthew and then we have the same accounting from Mark and then we have one from Luke and then we have one from John. Often they're identical. So I innocently thought there was something wrong with my Bible because it kept repeating itself. But in reality it was just testimony from the different disciples and I find that very very comforting now, but I recognize why I questioned the integrity of my Bible at the time, almost 16 years ago, I would say. And uh, I look back on it in almost a humorous way because it's wonderful, the testimonies that we read and how they were so like-minded. And yes, It was mentioned a lot in our readings today that these false witnesses, they were saying lies and they didn't match. They were, one person was saying this and one person was saying that. But in this situation where the disciples all came together and pretty much told the same, uh, the same recollection of what happened, it really gives it um, strength. It shows how truthful they were communicating by telling their side. Apparently, they were all individually interviewed. Oh, Lord, thank you for this wonderful Passover. Even though it is a solemn time, we recognize the need for it, and we humble ourselves before you. In the name of Yeshua, amen.